0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cutting Through the Noise. My name is Kyle Pucco, your host. On today's episode, we talk with Hannah Zuroff. Hannah showed up in my LinkedIn feed as someone that was seemingly involved in everything. As the executive director of Families First Learning Lab, she of course wears many hats. We dive into what that means for a nonprofit with sometimes limited resources. We talk about resourcefulness in marketing, and we get introduced to a truly remarkable organization. We know you're gonna love this episode, so enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to Cutting Through the Noise. We are here with Hannah. Hannah, welcome to Cutting Through the Noise. Thank you, We're I'm super so, excited to be here. Yes, we're so excited to have you. We've been chatting a little bit uh, before hitting record, so I'm excited to dive into some of the things that we have been chatting about.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Um, I guess first for our listeners, if you could just introduce yourself, give us the elevator pitch, who are you, (laughs) what do you do here in Missoula, and uh, yeah, start there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So my name is Hannah Zuroff. I am the executive director at Families First Learning Lab, a nonprofit organization um, that's been in Missoula for about 28 years. So... Very long standing. We're actually in the new Missoula Public Library downtown, which has been such a blessing for our organization and being able to destigmatize families getting support and help. Um, I consider myself a lifelong Missoulian and avid Grizz fan. So it's definitely a place that means a lot to me. And I love being involved with the nonprofit community here.
0: Amazing. Now, do you have one of those offices on the what is it the fourth floor that overlooks missoula <laughs> nope those oh, are man.
1: all library admin offices okay. um but i have a lovely office on the second
0: floor so <laughs> there you go it, it's it, that those views in that library if, if anybody hasn't been to missoula or hasn't been to the missoula public library it's what the best in the world best, just in, the something best in the universe best in planet <laughs> worth for sure um well very cool so families first so can you Tell our listeners what Families First is all about.
1: Yeah, so we kind of have three different branches of our mission. Um, One is family education, so really where we were rooted on um, these parenting consultations. So families can come to us, get one-on-one support. We have a sliding scale fee schedule scheduled to where we're accessible for all folks. We also do scholarships, so payment's never a barrier. Um, parenting classes, uh, which kind of sounds a little intimidating when you say it that way, but just seeking support. We have a dad support group that launched in June of 2021. Um, it's the first in our state to really just like focus on supporting fathers. And so we're really proud of that initiative, Um, And then we actually have a teen program that also is kind of housed within our family education work that focuses on building life skills, um, like budgeting, finance, building healthy relationships, making healthy meals. And it's like a summer camp program for teens, primarily 13 to like 18. Um, So pretty wide range there. And that launched this last summer, so we're super excited to have that program um, going. And then our second kind of tier is called our Child Enrichment Department, and it's really focused on social-emotional skills within children, um, building, you know, kindergarten readiness for zero- to five-year-olds. We're a part of zero-to-five with the United Way and Healthy Start through the health department, Um, so really a collaborative piece for early childhood education. And a lot of people know us as the Children's Museum in Missoula. So really bringing that I- exhibit and play-based learning to life in the new Missoula Public Library. So that's kind of our department that runs that. Very
0: cool. Okay, yeah. hence the second floor.
1: Hence the second floor, yeah. children and family floor. Um, and then our third branch is through the Montana Happiness Project. So um, it kind of has three different initiatives within it. There's happy families, happy schools, and then happy universities. And we really provide that happy family support. Um, The overall goal is like suicide prevention through using a strength-based approach um, to wellness and well-being and really just building resilience on folks.
0: And this is primarily in Missoula?
1: Yes. So we are based in Missoula. Mm-hmm. We About 30% of our work takes place in Lake County on the Flathead Indian Reservation, okay. too. Um, and then actually since COVID, we have seen a huge influx from other populations seeking our virtual supports. So oh, wow, we serve Western Montana is kind of how we, we market that.
0: Got piece. it. You're certainly not going to, if someone's looking for help and services, you're certainly not going to turn them away.
1: Yeah, yeah. So much of the work that we can do is accessible online now. So
0: yeah, amazing. Well, those are some pretty admirable causes. I think a lot of people can get behind those. I don't know if if someone says, Oh, I don't know, uh, you know, giving children healthy meals. I don't know if I can support that. Yeah. Um, That's, that's great. So thanks for your work. Thank you. Um, this is a marketing podcast. Yeah. We talk marketing. I mm-hmm. wanted to bring you in because you have sort of a really interesting background. When I mm-hmm. when I saw your, your profile on LinkedIn, I said, "Oh, this is someone who would be really neat to talk to." Thank you. You started in marketing and now it's an, you're an executive director in the nonprofit world, which I know and you started marketing actually with Berkshire Hathaway. Yep. So, you know, one of the, it's a multi-billion dollar corporation, yep. Warren Buffett, capitalism. <laughs> and then you seem like you're now finding a niche in the nonprofit world. So I want to hear first sort of how you landed in, you know, Berkshire Hathaway and what that <laughs> experience was like, and then also how that transition happened into nonprofit.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I feel like I'm a very extroverted person naturally. Um and i found myself after graduating college you know on the job market looking i applied for a role at berkshire hathaway because i had a couple mutual friends that had worked there as agents and so i had no interest in real estate at that moment of my life um but quickly learned so much about it um, once I started working there and I was only there for about a year um, but really helped lead you know agents endeavors individually on how they can market themselves as an agent as well as you know the overall brokerage of Berkshire Hathaway um, Montana Properties at together. So, um, lots of that like blended marketing that we had, um, while also keeping people individual and unique. And they have quite a few offices. I know they've grown quite substantially since I left there, but, um, I worked with agents in Hamilton and Poulson, um, in Missoula. We had two, two offices there, um, one by the fairgrounds and then one downtown. And, it was a lot of just learning as I go, having a lot of conversations. And I feel like my approach to marketing is a very relationship based approach. So Mm -hmm. um, I was always trying to figure out ways that we could um, build those relationships to, to get the word out there. So yeah.
0: Real estate's a noisy area (laughs) to start in marketing. It is. You know, it's like, okay, well, how do you track your efforts back to a house sold? It's pretty difficult. Yep. The way that people find information about realtors, I'm sure you found is any any number of ways, a lot Mm -hmm. of word of mouth. Um, So what was next?
1: So I actually applied for a programming role at Families First, and that was in 2019. So I've been there a little over three years now, Um, and I was... Really hesitant because I was like, I've never heard of this organization and don't know much about it. Um, it was kind of in the hiatus. We had to close to tobacco smoke in 2017, so this was two years after that when we just didn't have a physical location. So, oh, wow. really, you know, integrating programming on like a a wide wide scale level, but um, during a time where you don't have space is kind of hard. So we were luckily kind of ahead of the game for the pandemic because we were like we've already been doing this right Right, like we know how to operate
0: without office space (laughs)
1: yeah we know how to be adaptable so um i applied for that position and got it and i have been involved in the nonprofit sector i mean since i was 14 years old i i started at the boys and girls club in Elko um and taught life skills there and was along the ride of a capital campaign which I was just in high school, but I found so interesting, and I've known that I've always wanted to be in this sector. So, um, at that time, I applied for the family's first position. I was also uh, in school at the university, um, pursuing my master's in public administration with a nonprofit management focus, um, learning on my feet constantly. It felt like, uh, but but a really group, really cool opportunity for me to to, to kind of dip my toes into a different. Um, Scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Programming. I feel like when someone has a role in programming, yep. it is a massive umbrella of things that they do. <laughs> Just yep. oh, this event, that that's Hannah's role. Oh, yep. this uh this publication? Yeah, that's programming. That's uh you gotta design that and print that. And exactly. That.
1: Yeah. Many hats is how we put it. Um totally. <laughs> my team probably hates that I say that all the time. But it's all hands on deck and you're wearing multiple hats every single day. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. How do you prioritize in a and it, when, when I imagine resourcefulness is a big theme yep. at Families First, where you know, there, there are so many things to do. The services you listed, mm-hmm. I had a hard time keeping track because there were so many, Yep. you know, okay, we have all of these new initiatives. And I looked at the team and it's, you know, it's not a team of 50. <laughs> nope. Right? It's not we're a team, a team of six. Team. <laughs> yeah. It's a team of six. So Seven
1: when we're full staffed. So I will make a plug that we're hiring. Okay. What's the position? (laughs) Um, It's a relationship ambassador position. So really being the face of our space in the library, um, some receptionist type roles, doing some donor stewardship, um, and then a little bit of marketing and communications too.
0: Okay, cool. Everybody probably has to, it, it seems like in nonprofits, everyone sometimes has to take that role. on. Yep. Families first is interesting to me because it seems like and correct me if I'm wrong. On this, when someone reaches out and says, "Okay, I'm I'm interested in the services that you provide," um, that's excellent. And you want to help that family. Mm-hmm. You want to help that that person. Let's use the the father initiative that's going on. You know, father reaches yep. out. Great. I'm guessing that there's fathers that don't know to reach out that are exactly in your yep. in your the market that you want to reach. Mm-hmm. And so your challenge is how do you reach these individuals? Yeah. So how are you approaching that?
1: Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. We, um, we serve, we, we pride ourselves on serving all families regardless of their background. So we might have someone that's fighting with CFS to get their kids back, but at the same time, you know, we have people in those classes who are your upper middle-class families that are just wanting to learn more parenting skills. And Mm -hmm. so that presents a really unique opportunity marketing wise to, to reach a very wide range of people. Um, we, getting help is just hard. Parenting's hard. Um, feeling like you're not a good enough parent naturally is a really tough feeling. And a lot of times we have to kind of meet parents where they're at. And this is where our play-based programming really comes in because we can start building a relationship with them through play, which kids love to play and parents love the respite of coming to the library and getting like a minute for their child to be entertained. Sure. Um, and then we try and build that relationship with them there. So, you know, then when the time comes where they're stressed or they have a child development issue, they can, they know they can come to us in a safe space because we're already that trusted advisor, if you will, yeah. um, within the work that we're doing.
0: Yep. So it's a bit predicated on getting them to the library first.
1: Yeah. And not
0: learning about the library and their services.
1: For sure. I would say that's one piece to it. We mm-hmm. also, um, like I said, we didn't have a home for quite a few years so we're really good at showing up in the community we have a program called community connections which is our exhibits basically in a mary poppins style trunk that show up to our Uh, different partners it's a
0: great uh That's a great uh, description. Thank you. Yeah,
1: it's I mean, it really is. We just load them up in our cars and then show up and it's like this fun, magical experience. So we've done that at many community events like we were just at the Roots Festival. Um, We go to the Fall Family Fest, lots of public events that, you know, maybe there's not folks that go to the library or have been to the library, but we can still reach them in these other Areas. Mm -hmm. Um, We also try and partner with other nonprofits. So, you know, the Missoula Food Bank and Empower Place will come and bring our exhibits there, or some of the community schools like like Lowell, who has such a great community center, um, being able to partner with them to bring our programming to those neighborhoods mm-hmm. has been really great. And then in the summer, we do a park series. So we go to various parks around Missoula, bring our exhibits, usually yep. popsicles and like fun treats too. But um, nice. another way to just kind of reach families outside of the doors of the library.
0: Yeah, that that's an incredible way, you know, those those examples you gave are, sound, sound amazing. Yeah. Show up. There's some fun things happening. Um, and then, like you said, relationship-based, which I hadn't mm-hmm. heard before, relationship-based marketing. Um, but I think that's exactly what you described. Yeah. That's really neat. Thank um, you. So, Lifelong Grizzly.
1: Lifelong Grizzly. <laughs>
0: lifelong Grizzly. Now, do you have... So, you were born in Montana. Yep. Here in Missoula. Here in Missoula. So, you just... You you saw the old library and now the new library and so it, you must be thinking this is uh this is pretty great.
1: It is. So we were actually based in a tiny office similar to like what we're sitting in right now. I don't know the exact dimensions, but <laughs> for those listening, it's probably like twenty by twenty, say. Um and there were four staff in there and it was just chaos and That's tough. I mean, it was kind of beautiful in the sense that I could just turn my back and be like, Do you think this looks okay? You know, when we're designing materials mm-hmm. or writing a grant proposal. Um, so that piece was kind of nice, but you know now we have our own offices, which is right incredible. And this really destigmatizing facility that we can show up in every day and be so excited to not only like know where we're working, but know that we're serving families that are are coming to the library and in a really fun, cool way.
0: That's great. It's amazing what a door can do for productivity. We yeah. <laughs> like, did used to be an open office space. Yep, and then we said, well. We need doors. And sometimes <laughs> you're right. Turning around was great. Yep. but a door is also great. So it's step up. <laughs> totally. Especially
1: as your team grows.
0: Yes. Yes. has done quite a bit. So. So, as you're hiring, as your team grows, as you need more, you know, more resources, and um, what do you look for? In let's imagine you're hiring somebody, and the job requires a, a an undergraduate degree, or or maybe not, and someone's coming to chat with you about the position mm-hmm. as the executive director, what sort of things are you looking for in a hire?
1: Um, personality is a big one because um, skills are coachable, right? Mm-hmm. So really seeing like if they can fit the culture that we're building on our team um, and that can be, I I always tell people I'm an introverted extrovert. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're coming to interview, your extrovert hat should be on a little bit and you're trying to build that relationship in a charismatic way with the person sitting across from you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely something I'm looking for. Um, I would also say my team, if they listen to this, they're going to laugh too, but that all hands on deck um, kind of team-based focus, I think some people are that's not the right phrase for their work style Mm. and so making sure that they they realize and as many nonprofits are especially small small shops like us um we have to have each other's backs because we're not going to be successful if we can't step in and help our colleagues
0: sure the avoiding the the individuals that might say oh i don't know that's not my job yep this is sort of all hands on deck like you said you're getting your phd started in january Yep. You just wanted to go back to school, open up more <laughs> textbooks. Yep. What's uh, Tell us about that. What's the PhD <laughs> in? You're here at the University of Montana. Yep. In person? Both? In person. So the, yep. yep.
1: I guess both now. My first semester was all online, which was was actually really hard. I feel like I'm technologically pretty sound, but I was missing that connection piece with other students. And the material I was learning was hard. I mean, I have i love school i love to learn and it's also come kind of naturally for me so Mm -hmm. usually i can bs my way through a conversation (laughs) if i have to um but you know last semester it was very science heavy lots of statistics um new material that i just i didn't know and i actually had to like really study and you know work for it which was a bit of a a wake-up call for me um i have loved being in this semester because I actually started my MSW curriculum alongside my PhD. So um, it's more my jam. And
0: it's, what is MSW? Uh, Master's in social work. Social work, got it.
1: Yeah, so my focus like super long term is going to be on developing policy um, that can help benefit organizations like ours, specifically within family welfare, um, also like indigenous um, policies to or something that I'm re- really interested in mm-hmm. within trauma and poverty. So um, yeah, I'm not sure what that, what that means for me right now, but really just kind of dipping my toes in the water and back at it, back at it. Yep. And
0: how long is the program?
1: <laughs> it depends. <Okay. laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm in full time. So I'm doing 12 credits right now this okay. semester. Um, but because I'm doing two programs, it's kind of wonky. Um, we, I'm hoping to be done in five and a half years. So I'm already like a year in. Yeah. It's kind of funny.
0: That's a program.
1: Yeah. And I, it's great because I, you know, I'm such a planner. I like plan five years in advance, I feel like. So
0: that's, yeah. So there it is. You've got your semesters blocked.
1: Yeah. I, when I told myself, I was like, I'm either going to go for my PhD or like have children when I'm 26. And that was like my five-year plan for when I was 21. Right. And so I was (laughs) like, all right, children aren't really in the books yet. And so we're gonna go back to school. Yeah.
0: That's really, that's really great. So are there, there's zoom also. And so it's some students show up via zoom. Is that happening?
1: Yep. That's still happening. Um, that's tricky. It is my social work program is very in person and, um, really rich conversations happen because of that. And so I think that's where like my connection piece is really like coming through and having a cohort now, um, has been lovely. Great. Yeah.
0: For people that want to learn more about families first or get involved, give a, how can they, how can they do that? How can you help? If they heard and said, (laughs) yeah, how can we help? This sounds like something, you know, maybe I knew a little bit about it, but now after hearing Hannah, I want to talk, I want to talk more. (laughs)
1: So, if you haven't been to the library, I would love to give you a tour of our space because I think that really helps connect the dots of the work that we're doing. Um, we also are always looking for volunteers and and donors. Um, we are a nonprofit, so quick yes. plug for anyone quick, that wants uh, to make a uh, donation. That's the
0: marketer in Hannah. If we need some donations, please.
1: <laughs> yep. Please <laughs> give me all of your money. Um, that would be great. Um, we. I also like so much of what we're doing is trying to get out there to the public for them to know of our services. So if you know of a family that, you know, maybe you've had the conversation of a dad that's super overwhelmed, or maybe you've had, you know, a conversation on the playground while you're picking your kids up about maybe a child development thing that you're like, is this normal? Like, should my kid be doing this at this point? Um, We're here to help with those types of things. And we also do a divorce and separation course too. Mm. So That is something that, like, really hits home for me. My parents are are divorced and did so when I was in high school. And I think that can be a really stressful time in a parent's life. And we know it's an adverse childhood experience. So that's that's an easy one to know, like, if you have a friend going through that or – People normally talk about that because it's such a hard point in their lives. So just knowing that that resource is available, all of our programs um, are either free or have a reduced fee option, and we provide free childcare and meals at them too. So just, just knowing that infor- information.
0: Yeah. Familyfirst.org. We'll put in the show notes. So close. Familiesfirstmt.org. So Families First was taken.
1: Yeah. Families First was taken. There's a lot of Families First out there
0: but only one in Missoula. Only one. Yep. Only one in Western Montana.
1: Sort of. <laughs> There's a <laughs> department with CSKT that is, has Families First in their, Got it. In their name. So Got it's, it can be a little tricky,
0: but we could limp in some count. Only one in these three counties. Yep. These four counties. <laughs> um, well, great. Hannah, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your story with us and for informing us all about families first. That was really, really great to hear. I hadn't known too much about it. So this is really educational for me as well. Thank
1: you. Yeah. And please reach out with any questions. Our number is 406-721-76902. So um, we're
0: always here to help. Awesome. Awesome. We'll put that right in the show notes and thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. That's all folks. As always, if you have any questions or comments, shoot them to our digital marketing crew team at pintlergroup.com. Have a great rest of your day, and you'll be hearing a lot more from us very soon.